Good evening. You are listening to Dream Infringement, established circa 2016. We're three weary circus performers who have lost our way to Gilder. That is not it. Three little maids from school are we? Definitely not it, though there are three of us, which might make us the hosts of Dream Infringement. That's it. Bobby and Emily Castillo, married couple extraordinaire, and me, Jennifer Woodside, book maven and woman about town. That's actually not quite true. Book maven and hermit who does not like to leave the house. That it has a much less exciting ring to it, but it's a lot more accurate. As I'm sure you're well aware, it's hot. It's too hot. It is hot. I will soon need potholders to put on my seatbelt and drive. It's hot. I don't like it. Join the club though, right? Is there anyone that's just loving this 114 degree thing that's happening? Hmm. But with that said, it's just me, Jennifer, doing the show tonight. But we can all take a moment of silence for Emily and Bobby's old laptop. It has shuffled off this mortal coil, and they had almost a hero's journey truly of adversity in obtaining a new and functional laptop. However, there is a final happy ending, and you'll hear from them next week. I think it's only fitting that we should dedicate a song to this experience. I'm going with Bananarama and Cruel Summer. There's a lot of interesting ancient beliefs about the role of the sun. So for indigenous Australian Aborigines, the sun was seen as a woman who awakes daily in her camp in the east, lights a fire, and prepares the bark torch she will carry across the sky. Upon reaching the west, she reapplies her paint, again spilling reds and yellows in the sky. She then begins a long passage underground, back to her camp in the east. During the subterranean journey, her torch warms the earth, causing plants to grow. The ancient Egyptians worshipped the sun god Re, who was considered the bringer of light and life, and also the ruler of the skies, earth, and the underworld. He is often depicted as a falcon, and therefore not tied to the earth. Because of his position in the sky, he is able to look after his children on earth, as well as control the underworld. According to their legend, the sun moves throughout the universe as Ra rides throughout the skies in his chariots. The Aztecs, they believe they were in the period of the fifth sun, with the four previous suns having been destroyed by jaguars, hurricanes, raining fire, and a great flood. The god who sacrificed himself to become this fifth sun was called Nana Huatzin, or the pimply or scabby one. He jumped into the sacrificial bonfire and was blown into place by Ihikatl, the god of wind. Ancient China. It was believed that there were originally ten suns, all of whom were the sons of the solar goddess Shiho. Each day she would wheel one of them across the sky in her sky chariot. However, one day they got bored and decided to cross the sky together, scorching the planet with their combined heat and provoking the sun god Dijun to hire an archer to teach the sons a lesson. 
He did this by killing nine of them with his arrows, sparing the last one only because a child stole his final arrow. Ancient Greece they believed that the sun traveled across the sky in a flying chariot ridden by Zeus's son Apollo and driven by fiery horses. Apollo not only represented the sun, he was also seen to illuminate the world of music and reason. He brought logic and order to humanity and provided everyone with the light and warmth of the sun. Inuit, in many mythologies, the sun and moon are siblings. Melina is the sun god, and Anagen is the moon god. All versions of the story agree that the two had a dispute, and Melina fled into the sky. Her brother followed her, as night follows day. It's believed that eclipses happen when he catches up to her, but it's only ever a temporary pause in their eternal chase. Maori. Their legend suggests that the sun didn't always take such a leisurely path across the sky. The sun used to race across, leaving mankind very little time to get anything done, until a local hero called Maui decided to take matters into his own hands. He made enough rope to rein in the sun, then beat it with the jawbone of one of his ancestors until it slowed down enough to give the world more daylight. Well, that was interesting. I can only imagine what I might make up if I was trying to make sense of planets and their movements. It's time for a song break, because I said so. And this is a cover of Smash Mouth's song, Walking on the Sun. But it is a smooth jazz cover by singer Alex Duquette. So don't delay, act now, supplies are running out And I was you're still alive, 628 is to right And if you follow there may be a tomorrow But if the alpha shunned you might as well be walking on the sun So the first time that I ever experienced like severe and clinical depression was in the midst of summer and it was hot and I remember that made me feel extra depressed. Everything seemed brown and wilted and dry and ugly during that time frame. And I noticed that each summer I don't feel great in the head. And I thought it was just sort of like a flashback, like, oh, it's the summertime of depression again. It's hot. I'm heat sensitive, so I can't really leave the house. And I feel like I'm having to quarantine from the sun. But I'm definitely not alone in this in the experience or feeling a little worse mental health-wise when it hits the hotter temperatures. So I'm going to share some information about that and it might be something you relate to or someone that you know uh, experiences as well and it might give you a little bit more insight into yourself or to them. Uh, Hopefully it's helpful, so here we go. There are studies that show that days with higher than normal temperatures during the summer season in the United States were associated with increased rates of emergency department visits for mental health related conditions, particularly substance use, anxiety and stress disorders and mood disorders. Extreme heat has been associated with a range of mental health impacts, including increases in irritability and symptoms of depression, 
It can also affect behavior, contributing to increased aggression, incidences of domestic violence, and increased use of alcohol or other substances to cope with stress. Problems with memory, attention, and reaction time, and then sleep difficulties, because who can sleep when it's this hot? And that exacerbates mental health symptoms. People always talk about heat stroke and some of the physical aspects of heat on us, but we're leaving out our dear friend, the brain. And they found that the impact of heat was slightly higher in the Northeast, Midwest, and Northwest. Regions with typically lower temperatures, they suffer the most. That's us. We're suffering because they said we don't necessarily have the skills or the resources in place to cope during times of extreme heat. That's true. I mean, we had the summer where the buildings, the cars, the roads were just melting in Portland and Washington. We're not built for that kind of heat. And they added, while many people are still coping with mental health challenges from the pandemic, exposure to extreme, even unprecedented heat can worsen psychiatric symptoms. So that's good to know. If you do deal with a form of mental illness and it feels a little bit off these days, it might be, you know, the big unrelenting fire orb in the sky that's kind of messing messing with things a little bit. So I'm going to take a song break and this is by Lana Del Rey. It is Summertime Sadness. You may feel on the verge of dying of heat stroke when you step outside, but what is the hottest temperature in which a human can survive? I read one thing that struck me a little funny. It said at 130 degrees Fahrenheit, the survival time of a human being begins to decrease drastically. And I thought that, yes, I would think so. But a huge determining factor is if it's a dry heat or a humid heat. Because in dry heat, you can sweat. Your body pumps water onto your skin and lets it evaporate, which can lower your temperature. But if it's humid, moisture doesn't evaporate fast enough to keep you cool. The study found that a person who is at rest wearing minimal clothing in a very dry room 10% relative humidity, and drinking water constantly could probably avoid overheating in temperatures as high as 115 degrees Fahrenheit. Those are the temperatures of this week. They also theorize that with the help of a pool of water and a powerful fan, a human could conceivably tolerate heat up to 140 degrees Fahrenheit, and I will take their word for it. And the same rules don't really apply for everyone because there's a few factors that can give you a stronger or weaker intolerance to heat. Hypersensitivity to heat, it's a condition that occurs when your body can't regulate its temperature properly. There are several types of medication that can increase your sensitivity to heat. And I didn't know all of these, so hopefully this is helpful information to you as well blood pressure medications. 
especially true for two types, the thiazide diuretics and beta blockers. Diuretics force fluid out of our bodies, which makes us sweat less. Beta blockers can decrease blood flow to the skin, which can inhibit sweating. Antihistamines. They can produce a drying effect, so the same mechanism that allows an antihistamine to slow mucus production can also be responsible for your body producing less sweat. But the effect is more common with first-generation antihistamines like Benadryl. Second-generation antihistamines such as Claritin, Zyrtec, and Allegra do not have this effect, according to this article but you should always double check and research for yourself and not listen to a random person on the internet. Decongestants, they also decrease blood flow to the skin. Overactive bladder treatments can reduce sweating. Stimulant medications for ADHD, such as Adderall and Ritalin, they raise your body temperature, physically constrict blood vessels, and reduce blood flow to the skin. And finally, psychiatric medications. They prevent the area in your brain that regulates heat response from knowing when you're overheating. They can also decrease sweating, which leads to a decrease in heat loss. These kind of medications affect the hypothalamus and can inhibit your ability to reduce your temperature, but also it can decrease your thirst reflex which increases dehydration. So though that's heat sensitivity. There's also things that affect photosensitivity. Photosensitivity is a chemically induced change in the skin that makes you more sensitive to sunlight, therefore more susceptible to a sunburn. It breaks down into two separate types, photoallergy, which is an allergic reaction of the skin that can occur up to several days after exposure, and phototoxicity, that's an irritation of the skin which can occur within a few hours. So one medication is antibiotics, and I can attest to that. I was on antibiotics, I went to an all-day concert in the sun, the next day I had crocodile skin. I broke out in hives all over because that was not a good pairing. I didn't know that at the time. I know that now, and now you know that. Acne treatments. Over-the-counter ones to a lesser extent than those prescribed by doctors, but you should always check. Some over-the-counter herbal medicines, for example, St. John's wort, can induce photosensitivity. And another pill that might put you at risk is niacin, a form of vitamin B3 that's used to treat high cholesterol. It can cause skin reactions. Other things that can make you more susceptible to heat intolerance include age. So infants and children under four years old and older adults may be more sensitive to the heat. Medications, which we've covered, can greatly affect your sensitivity to the heat. Sensory issues or a sensory processing disorder that sometimes accompany autism may make a person more sensitive to heat. Neurological conditions, medical conditions that affect the brain and spinal cord, such as spinal cord injuries and MS, can increase heat sensitivity by changing how the body or brain processes heat or by inhibiting the body's ability to regulate temperature. Endocrinology, 
is a system that helps the body regulate a wide range of functions. Disorders such as Graves' disease, a thyroid condition, can increase heat sensitivity. And being less physically fit. For some people, heat intolerance is a sign of poor cardiovascular and respiratory fitness. There are also medical conditions that are worsened by heat, and these can include things such as autoimmune conditions, asthma, COPD and allergies, migraines, heart disease, and arthritis. And as you assimilate all of that information, since we were talking about sunburns, let's play Sunburn by Muse. So how did the ancient people cool down without all of these modern day conveniences like electricity? Well, as early as the pre-Quin dynasty, uh, around 2100 to 221 BC, people did have access to and use natural ice to keep food fresh and make cold drinks. The royal court had a specialized department called the ICE administration, which had 80 employees, and the department collected natural ice blocks each December and then transported them to the ice house for storage. Some senior officials were awarded ice cubes by the royal court, which was a big honor during that time. Some slept with a porcelain pillow. It had a layer of glaze, which they said felt pleasantly cool. And some emperors really liked their porcelain pillows a lot. And they also used something called a dragon fur curtain. And it was to block out the heat of summer and keep interiors pleasantly cool. It was not really made of dragon fur. Of course not, dragons don't have fur. Uh, but some say it was made of the skin of large boas. However, the skin was precious and difficult to obtain, so only the royal court was able to use it. So I guess when you walked in and you saw all these hanging snake skins, you knew they were really somebody. <laughs> so what a status symbol. But then traveling over to medieval Europe, a lot of the fashion choices, which I thought just were affectations of the day, did do something to counterbalance hot temperatures. So cleavage was not just a fashion statement or an allure. It was also uh, to allow heat to escape. And so when it got hot, the woman would daub this, the skin of her bosom with rose water for instant refreshment. And veils were worn. It helped prevent sunburn. And they used it in a lot of ways. They could kind of use it to catch a breeze, block the glare of sunlight, wrapped around the face to protect from dust and bad smells which in summer, I'm sure there was a lot of bad smells. And the large puffy sleeves that were popular in Italy helped insulate the arms from the hot sun. Who knew? And this one I find questionable. They said that the heavy wool or brocade skirts were stifling. So when they wore like hoop skirts or crinolines under their dress, it held the skirts away from their legs, which made it more like a shady tent. Uh, and was much cooler. 
I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I'm not going to go about wearing a hoop skirt and testing the uh, temperature of my legs with and without, so we'll just have to take their word for it. And of course, the ancient Romans. <laughs> They're always so ahead of the time. So what they did was they built an extensive network of aqueducts to bring cool water in from lakes and springs. Someone got the idea of piping that water through house walls to relieve some of the heat. So if you could afford it, you could cool your house with the city's water before it traveled on its way to town. And the pipes were actually taxed by their size. Bigger pipe, bigger tax. Archaeologists can determine how wealthy a homeowner was just by looking at the size of his pipes. We all know some practical tips like turn your ceiling fans clockwise or counterclockwise. I always have to look it up to do the thing with the air to make it hotter or cooler. Of course, opening your windows at night if it's cooler to try and cool the house down, things like that. I think we have adapted to some of those measures, but maybe someday we too will build a vast aqueduct to pipe cold spring water through the walls of our home. Maybe. You can't rule it out, right? I believe it is time for a song break. This is Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Sometimes all I think about is you Late nights in the middle of June Heat waves been faking me out Can't make you happier now Sometimes all I think about is you I wanted to look up some tips on heat and then also signs to watch for uh, in case of heat exhaustion or heat stroke because that's very serious and can be fatal. So I went to the Arizona State website because they've been dealing with the heat for a long time and I figured they kind of have the system down. So this is their tips to stay safe first heading is stay cool. Stay in an air-conditioned building. You can visit an air-conditioned cooling center in your area. Do not rely on a fan as your primary cooling device. Limit outdoor activity, especially midday when it's the hottest part of the day, and avoid direct sunlight. Wear loose, lightweight, light-colored clothing. Take cool showers or baths to lower your body temperature check on at-risk friends, family, and neighbors at least twice a day. Then they say stay hydrated. Drink more than usual and don't wait until you're thirsty to drink. Drink from two to four cups of water every hour while working or exercising outside. Avoid alcohol or liquids containing high amounts of sugar. Make sure your family, friends, and neighbors are drinking enough water. And they have stay informed. Check your local news for extreme heat warnings and safety tips. And they say check the UV index for sun safety information. If possible, sign up for weather alerts and keep your friends, family, and neighbors aware of weather and heat safety information. And they encourage all residents to learn the signs and first aid response for heat-related illness. Warning signs and symptoms vary but may include so we have heat exhaustion. The symptoms, heavy sweating, weakness, skin cold, pale and clammy, weak pulse, fainting and vomiting. What you should do. 
move to a cooler location. Lie down and loosen your clothing. Apply cool, wet cloths to as much of your body as possible. Sip water. If you have vomited and it continues, seek medical attention immediately. Okay, and the next is heat stroke. Symptoms. High body temperature above 103 degrees. Hot, red, dry, or moist skin. Rapid and strong pulse. Possible unconsciousness. What you should do. Call 911 immediately because this is a medical emergency. Move the person to a cooler environment. Reduce the person's body temperature with cool cloths or even a bath. Do not give them fluids. So that's my public service announcement of what you should do. Getting overheated can be very serious. What happens is the body dilates the blood vessels in the skin in an attempt to cool the blood. But to do this, it has to constrict the blood vessels in the gut. And this reduced flow increases the permeability between the cells that normally keep the gut contents in. So toxins can leak into the blood. And they trigger a massive inflammatory response in the body because now it's trying to fight off the toxin damage to its own tissues and organs. Muscle cells begin to break down, spilling their contents into the bloodstream and overloading the kidneys, which in turn start to fail. And then proteins in the spleen start to clump as a result of the heat. It essentially cooks them. And the blood-brain barrier that normally keeps pathogens out of the brain becomes more permeable allowing dangerous substances into the brain. In fact, on autopsies, they find of people killed by heat stroke that there are often micro hemorrhages, which are tiny strokes and swelling. And 30% of heat stroke survivors experience permanent damage in brain function. So definitely not something to risk, definitely not something to like ignore the symptoms of. You need to take action immediately because your body does not want to be overheated and it completely just kind of breaks down. This is your radio station telling you, please be very careful. That was totally a call to action. My call to action was please be very cautious and careful in dealing with the heat. Don't put yourself at risk or in danger. Okay. Are you listening to me? Yeah? Okay. I don't want to be hearing about no heat exhaustion after this, though. All right. We got a deal here, you and I. Okay. We're going to take a song break so you can consider your life choices. This is The Heat Is On by Glenn Frey. Is your weather small talk a little lackluster? Something kind of like this? It is hot. Yes, so hot. I can't believe how hot it is. It is too hot. Yes, very hot. I am sweating. I too am sweating. Stay cool. Ha ha ha. It's a little limited, but if you want to throw something a little more unique into the ring, Let's cover some southern expressions for the heat. 
it's as hot as Hades. Yes, it's so hot it's a prequel to the fiery hot depths of the belief of hell. Oh, it's a barn burner, because burning barns are hot. Not that you should burn barns when it's hot. Everyone, it's hot. Let's go burn the barn is not what that means. It means it is as hot as a barn on fire. It's hotter than blue blazes because the blue part of the fire is the hottest. It's hot enough to scald a lizard. I have a hard time saying the word scald. It does not feel natural, so I would avoid this one, but that's me. You might, I mean scald, might just flow off the tip of your tongue like poetry. And so, you know, I leave that phrase to you if that's the case. She sure is a beeman. Like R.E.M. famously didn't sing, shiny happy planets, oh, shiny happy planets, oh, oh, no. But yeah, the sun, the sun beams upon us. That's so much nicer. I was just calling it like the fiery death orb, but this sounds like drives a beamer. It's awful seltzery. This word is a nonsense word. It does not exist. Celsery. I thought it was a play on the words like Celsius. I, I mean, I guess it could fit. It's, I, I mean, I don't walk outside and go, whoa, it's very Fahrenheit-y out here. So yeah, I guess it's just a nonsense word. This one, the bear got him. It comes from an idiom from the 1870s that uses a metaphor to describe someone who is afflicted with heat stroke. The bear refers to heat exhaustion. I am sure there is a lot more historically to this, but the bear got him. Okay. And if you said that, you would then have to explain yourself because I don't think anyone's going to know what that means unless I guess they're from the South. And it's a torture. Uh because torches, you know, the traditional kind that like mobs carry, wooden sticks set on fire. Yeah, it's a torture. It is, it is hot as a stick on fire. Yes, I, th I believe that it is that hot. It's like walking through soup out here. That's when it's humid. We don't get so much of that, thankfully. Uh, and then some other ones from around the world. Die Affenheitze. <laughs> I don't know if my German was correct. It's just some German words are fun to say. And this means monkey heat. And that's the kind of heat that will suffocate you because typically the monkey's cage in Berlin Zoo was notoriously the most sultry place. So they're like, it is the hot spot of the zoo. It's that monkey cage heat. Yeah. Uh, in Albanian, I'm not going to keep trying to read the languages because this is far beyond my ability. Uh, I'm bursting from heat. I could, I could feel like that. Yeah. Like I'm just going to explode or implode or something is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, check. The flies are falling down tired. Because... 
they usually do okay in hot weather, but when they're like, whoa, this is too hot for us. Yeah, it's too hot. Uh, Danish, I'm sweating fat. I mean, one could wish that. Though I think that would make the sweat that we already do significantly more disgusting. Uh, but I don't think I would use that one. It just, it gives me visuals that I don't want in my head. Gujarati, my head is exploding with the heat. Yeah. Uh, Maltese, it's hot enough to fry rats. Okay, <laughs> not gonna use that one either. Um, Russian, it's so stuffy. The only thing that's missing is the birch twigs. And this is a reference to a traditional Russian sauna, one of their unique features, which literally translates to bathroom, is often made out of branches or leaves. The idea is that the bather is hit with the broom in a kind of massage ritual, which is supposed to generate heat and secrete aromatic oils. So they're like, it's as hot in the sauna in here. All I need is for someone to, to beat me with this quote unquote massage broom and it would complete the experience. Urdu. It's sizzling hot, but we can bear it for mangoes. <laughs> I like things with a food reward. So the heat is terrible, but it signals the start of mango season and it says with Pakistan cultivating some of the most delicious and flavorsome varieties. So you're like, it is so hot that there's going to be mangoes. So I will endure it for the mangoes. And mangoes is one of my favorite fruits. So I'm, I don't know if any of the mangoes that I have consumed are like Pakistan mangoes, but um, I, I'm, <laughs> thank you for enduring it mango people. <laughs> Whoever harvested my mangoes, I, I appreciate it. I didn't realize that you had to go through this. So anyway, those are some phrases. You can uh, try and work them into your weather small talk and uh, see if that makes things a little bit more exciting. Or, or you can stick with the, you know, the tried and true. Yep. Okay, so it's time for another song break. This is Martha and the Vandellas with Heat Wave. So one final fact before I sign off. The dog days of summer are from July 3rd to August 11th each year, and they're usually the hottest and most unbearable days of the season. <laughs> that appears to be true. The phrase is a reference to Sirius, the dog star. During the dog days period, the sun occupies the same region of the sky as Sirius, the brightest star visible from any part of Earth. Sirius is part of the constellation Canis Major, the greater dog. In the summer, it rises and sets with the sun, and because the star is so bright, the ancient Romans believed that it actually gave off heat and added to the sun's warmth, accounting for the long stretch of sultry weather. They referred to this time as Dies Canicularis, or Dog Days. So that's 
where that comes from, the dog days of summer. Ah, my quest to impart knowledge has now been fulfilled. As always, thank you everyone so very much for listening to the show. We really appreciate and are grateful for all our listeners. A shout out to Miriam, of course. Um, And also, because I can see the locations of where people listen in from, if they listen on SoundCloud, whoever listens on a consistent basis from Frankfurt, Germany, I think about you. I hope you're doing well, listener across the world, who truly knows if I pronounced that one phrase right. I'm going to play you out with Summer in the City by Loving Spoonful. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, hotter than a match, yeah.